This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. He's maybe going to be more inclined to go on your show mm-hmm. and probably speak, you know, maybe a little more openly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Golf Unfiltered podcast. I am your host, Adam Fonseca, editor-in-chief over at golfunfiltered.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Golf Unfiltered. You can send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. So we are uh, very happy to welcome Mr. Uh, Paul Regali from Twitter's uh, Ghost of Hogan handle. You probably know him as. Paul, how are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing great, Adam. How are you? I'm doing really well, and, and I'm really glad that we were able to uh, get you on the show. Uh, I know that you and I correspond over Twitter every so often, and uh, you know, Paul, I got to say, you're a pretty well connected dude when it comes to uh, when it comes to golf and uh, professional golfers. So, uh, why don't you let our listeners know a little bit about you, your background, and uh, we'll get right into it. Uh, yeah, that's, I don't know if well connected is is, uh, is the right word, but um, you know, being being uh, 44 years of age, and and I've just been in in and around golf for. Uh, I would say, you know, 30 years um, just playing golf and, and then working in the golf industry right after college. Um, I played, you know, collegiately at Oregon. Um, and, the, you know, as you know, the golf business or the golf community is, is very small and it's really tight-knit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, and so, you know, working um, after college, uh, I, I turned pro and worked uh, at a golf course for a couple of years and then had the opportunity to go into the sales side uh, in the golf industry, selling uh, equipment um, at, at, at equipment uh, at various manufacturers. Easy go. I was I worked for a distributor uh, and, and sold in the Northwest, and then I worked for Maxfly for a while, and then they were bought by TaylorMade. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked for TaylorMade for a while. So you know, in inside those circles, right? You 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 know, I I, I meet a bunch of golf pros. Um, as a sales rep and you know for those different industries you meet different guys you know that that are on the equipment side of the business that that you meet that you know companies like TaylorMade and and Callaway and um, I know a bunch of guys at Nike Golf just because Nike uh, is based here in Portland and then um, just kind of through you know networking I guess I've always been sort of interested in in uh, what people you know, how they get to where they get and um, what they do for a living. And it's just more out of, I guess, curiosity out of my own, um, my own curiosity of people. And so I asked a bunch of questions um, and I just, I don't know, I guess I just get to get, get to know people. And once you sort of know one person and then, like I said, in the golf business, it ends up spider webbing and um, geez, you know, before you know it, you're, you know, you just, have a, a lot of people that you know and um right you know the twitter 
the Twitter through Twitter, um, you know, I was able to connect uh, with like a you know a guy like Steve Elkington. We have we have a, a couple mutual friends, okay. um, you know, through the through the golf business. Yeah, Steve Rintoul, who is now a uh, an official on the PGA Tour. He played at Oregon. He's older than I am, and I used to caddy for him. I was a you know I was a high schooler and and uh, you know looked up to to Steve because he played collegiately at Oregon, and I think he was an All American. And um, anyways. Steve Rintoul and Steve Alkington grew up right next to each other towns, small mm. little towns in Australia. Oh, really? So, <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, Alkington grew up in this, this town called Wagga Wagga, and, and Rintoul grew up in one, you know, that was similar size. And so when Steve started his Secret in the Dirt website, um, you know, I, w- I was kind of one of the early guys that joined it. And anyways, Steve was kind enough to, answer all my crazy geeky golf questions about the golf swing. And uh, that led to, you know, talking about if he knew Steve Rintoul and, and kind of, you know, it morphed into a, or a friendship where I, you know, I ended up caddying for, for uh, Elk in a champions tour event uh, about three summers ago, I think up in Seattle and, um, and just, I don't know, just through the golf business getting to know nice. a bunch of different people so it's kind of a you know it's a great little it's a fun uh, business as you know oh absolutely and that's that's awesome because i do uh i see you and uh elkington talking a lot on twitter back and forth and so i obviously knew there was some sort of you know a friendship there and that, that's cool that you know just through the power of the internet not to sound too cliche you know you guys connected and then ultimately you were able to meet and as you mentioned it uh spawned uh, what appears to be a pretty decent friendship between the two of you um, you know, you mentioned uh, Elkington's uh, Secret in the Dirt website, and I know that in your Twitter bio, you've got secret the secrets in the dirt, and that's certainly uh, one of my favorite <laughs> sayings as well. Uh, I'm very, yeah. very much a fan of uh, his work over on, I think it's what, Secret Golf now is what he's doing? It is, yep. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's morphed into Secret Golf, and uh, I don't, you know, it's a, obviously I'm, um, I'm biased towards it, but it's, it's really, it's really a neat site. I mean, Steve started that thing because he just, he just didn't think that someone needs to pay $500, you know, for a lesson from uh, a quote unquote, well-known person or a, mm-hmm. you know, someone who has a lot of knowledge and uh, heck for, I don't know what it is. It's 49 bucks a year or something like that. And uh, it's wow. got just a tremendous amount of uh, ter- tremendous amount of stuff in the vaults and whatnot. Yeah, it's it's a great follow. And, you know, maybe I'll get Steve on the show at some point and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it, but you know, not to go, uh, not to digress too far, but you know, obviously, you had mentioned you uh, made some connections through just old-fashioned networking on Twitter and just asking questions. As your time during a, uh, a sales rep in the equipment side, you also got to meet some pros. You know, Paul, you've you've amassed through this networking over eleven thousand Twitter followers. So <laughs> I would say you've been pretty success- successful, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, it's um, you know, I've I've kind of gone. Um, you know, I started out when I first started on Twitter, as I, as I, you know, kind of mentioned before, I mean, I was, I, I went, uh, I was really, really harsh on guys and, and, uh, was, you know, just a jerk. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I was, I was, a, I mean, a self-proclaimed jerk to guys and, uh, you know, I mean, I'd go at them pretty hard and, uh, you know, it caused me to, to get blocked by, by a lot of, uh, by a lot of tour players and, you know, and there was a, there was a, following i guess that sort of um i guess 
thought found it maybe entertaining or I mean I mean part of it is is my deal on Twitter um, it is is to basically it's uh, and my and in kind of in life is to I just don't understand why people aren't just more honest Amen not, to that. not that people, yeah I mean not that people I'm not saying that people lie I just it's just more uh, just speak you know speak how you feel um, about a topic uh, or, you know, about a, whatever, whatever it is, Um, you know, and it doesn't mean that you're, you know, we all have different opinions, right? And the tough part about Twitter is, is it quickly can morph into like a personal attack or like people take stuff so personally Mm -hmm. when you question, like ask a question on Twitter when somebody tweets something. You know, they'll reply back like, "Oh, you're such, you know, you're such a jerk." It's like, whoa, you know. Right, right. I, I, I was just, I was just asking you like how you came to that conclusion, more because I'm curious, not because I'm trying to stir the pot um, on, on a topic. So, um, and I, and I think people, you know, I think a lot of times, um, I, I will tweet something that a lot of people are thinking, but they would never tweet it. <laughs> If that makes if that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. So they, makes sense. You know, so they're like, oh man, this you know, I'll, I like that. You know, I'll favor that tweet or I'll retweet it. They would never do it, and and, I, and I'm not you know, and I've I've had to uh, you know get pulling back get pulled back off the edge of Twitter before um, by just different people in my life that would kind of sort of sort of say, you know, hey pal, you might want to tone it down a little bit. Um, but that's just, I mean, that's just who I am. I've never been, you know, I've been, I guess, more of a black sheep type of person in my, in my life. I'm not much to follow the crowd. Um, I, I question a lot of things, not, not because I'm think that other people are wrong. It's just more, I like to ask why. Well, and I think that's perfectly in your right. I mean, obviously Twitter being a social media public platform, I mean, not everyone's going to like what people say and, by no means are mm-hmm. you on there to make friends with all 11,000 people that follow you, of course. Um, <laughs> and, and, I mean, you even mentioned and alluded to as well that, you know, you've you've gotten in some Twitter spats. I mean, there's some that are oh, yeah. relatively well documented that, you know, we don't necessarily have to go into. But, you know, it's it <laughs> just kind of goes along the lines of just saying what you mean, but also understanding that, hey, that, you know, there's people on the other end of this that could completely misinterpret what I'm saying in 140 characters, you know, and I, do you feel that that's kind of the, the struggle with, with a outlet like Twitter where there is just that much room for misinterpretation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a hundred percent, you nailed it there with the, you know, the misinterpretation because the limit of 140 characters or the, or the, not the ability to be face to face. Right. I mean, that's the big, I think, drawback to social media is that, and I think the, the young kids are, um, I mean, they don't have, have that face to face, uh, communication. So, yeah, I mean, that, that gets frustrating at times. Um, because I like to, I like to engage with people on Twitter. Like, I don't like to not answer somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and again, I, I mean, I think people misinterpret that as, man, he's, you know, the ghost of Hogan's so argumentative. It's, it's, I don't think I don't find my I don't think that I'm really that argumentative. I like to debate stuff because I love to 
debate because I like to hear, like, I like my side, but I also like to hear somebody else's side, if that makes sense. Like, if you were yeah. if, if you were sitting with me, you know, and, and we were having a, a beverage and whatever topic came up, and you and I both had different opinions on it, I think you would find, like, you know, oh, this is a this is a fun debate, and this guy's not a jerk. He's just, he's got his opinion, and, you know, and, he, and I've got mine, and we're kind of just going back and forth about it. But on Twitter, because it's only, you know, it's only, it's just written and it's just black and white, people, they just, they just all of a sudden lose it. I mean, they, you know, I mean, all of a sudden you'll get a reply like, well, you know, you're, you know, you're just, you hate everybody. And it's just like, huh? Where does that come from? (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, we've been going back and forth about, you know, whether Ricky Fowler is a good closer, let's say, and all of a sudden now you just say, I hate everybody. Um, That's a you know, big jump. Like the Pat, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the Pat Perez thing of recent. If, if we can, oh yeah, we can segue down perfect. that. Absolutely, you know, <laughs> that's a professional that segue. I, I mean, like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean Pat, um, and I've never met. I don't. I've never met Pat, but obviously, you know, I mean, he's good friends with Elkington, and uh, I mean, I, I, I guess I understand him a little bit. And what he, what he said on that show is, I, I mean, to me, I. I comp- completely didn't take what he said as him bashing tiger or disrespecting tiger like at all if anything i took it as he was totally like giving tiger like the utmost respect Mm -hmm. because what he spoke what he spoke about like when he said that tiger's not gonna he doesn't shoot 77 right and he's not, you know, he's not going to come out. He's not going to just come out and play, you know, to that type of golf. And what he, in my interpretation, at that, you know, whenever you, whenever you played something at, at like a high level. I mean, I've never played at the tour level by any means. I played at a decently high level. And like, what resonated with me, like when I after college, basically, when I figured out that zero chance that I could play this game for a living, you my interest in playing in a tournament as, as my game digressed was zero because I had tasted that high level golf. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, knowing that I wasn't going to be able to perform at that high level again and like to, to enter a tournament, right. The hope system is that you would do that. Like you, like, why else would you enter it if you didn't, if you couldn't or wouldn't play at that level, right? And that's what Tiger's and, always and, said, is that he would never enter a tournament unless he thought he could win it. Exactly. Exactly. And so what Pat was saying, what I, I mean, this is how I interpret it, was that Tiger's not going to flop around, you know, n- not not playing at the ability that he was is able to play at or the, the ability that he had played at in this in the past mm-hmm. and it wasn't you know he's he, it wasn't that he um was making excuses or anything it's just more like you know i'm hitting the eject button because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go around and shoot 75 and i've always said that i mean tiger's not gonna go play if he's gonna finish tied for eighth or tied for 30th He's, right. Jack Nicholas said the same thing. I mean, Jack said, 
once he once he realized that he wasn't going to be able to be competitive, meaning win, he stopped playing competitive golf. And we're difference between Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer just loved golf. For, you know, like what? For, I mean, not that Jack doesn't or Tiger doesn't love golf, but it's a whole different mindset. And I think that's what Pat meant in, in like the most respectful way about Tiger. You know, um, and, and people took it. I mean, holy moly! The the replies to that were were, were just not so. Um, <laughs> That's one way to put it, definitely. And, 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 yeah. And, and then the whole, you know, I know for a fact, 100% fact, that Pat deleted his Twitter account on Monday. Right. And and it was due to, you know, the, the onslaught that he got um, from whatever happened. At, it he, was Riviera, I think. Yeah, he hit a couple uh, where, uh, uh, spectators. Uh, I think he hit three people yeah. in one round, and people were giving him shit for it on Twitter. and. And so he deleted his account that day, not because of this fallout from what he said about Tiger. Yes, a hundred percent. I know that for a fact. Um, and you know, Pat's, which is probably you know similar to to a lot, maybe. I mean, similar to me, where you you know you, you just. I mean, you're just better to delete, especially a guy like him on the tour with you know pretty pretty well known guy. I mean, if you start engaging with those. You got. There's nothing that can go right. Yeah, there's that's usually that the case. Positive that can. There's nothing positive for a guy like that to to start engaging with negative people on Twitter that are giving you crap because you hit you know accidentally hit some people in the crowd. So by deleting it, it's sort of you know it's sort of like it's sort of like pouring the booze down the you know the the drain. <laughs> right. Um. You know if you if you want to stop drinking type of deal, it's like hey I, I'm just going to throw it away. Um. So anyways, it's that's back to that whole, you know, the social media and how it can just get so um so out of whack and and so like all of a sudden, right? I mean, then it's just insinuated that oh, you know, he's he's he says these things about Tiger, then he then he deletes his account and you know, he's not going to he's not going to own up to it and it's just like all of a sudden you're just like I mean, what a joke. I mean, this is all Sort of like fake. They talk about the fake news, right? The latest <laughs> right. trend. Yeah. So anyhow. Well, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, there's a few things in what you said, and you know, one question I got, you know, overall, Paul, is you know, as somebody who, who has said, that, you know, uh, you you engage in some heated debates, as you put it, that, that sometimes get mm-hmm. heated. Um, and you're, yep. you're an honest guy. I try to be pretty honest on Twitter as well, and I certainly have caught my fair share of uh, flack in the past, but. You know, is this kind of the, you know, Kyle Porter over at CBS, he wrote something about just the, the, the world in which we live right now, where nobody can say anything that, that they really want to say without fear of being completely torched in social. And so yep. we, we kind of go back and forth as golf fans where we want our PGA Tour players to be more open, but then when they are open, we all of a sudden don't want that. So where's the happy medium there? Uh, you know, that's a, I mean, that's a good question. Um, that's, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I, I myself would, I mean, I would prefer to have that, um, mm-hmm. that open, that openness from, let's say like Pat Perez saying what he said again, I didn't, I mean, I didn't take, take that at all in a, in a negative way or him, 
you know, bashing. And so, and I think if you could get, you know, if you could get more of that, but, but, but I understand why it's probably never going to happen with, you know, with athletes because it doesn't take, you know, if you get stung once, right. I mean, it, 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 it's so, it goes so viral nowadays, right? I mean, if Rory McIlroy said something wrong, right. I mean, it, it, it hits and how long? A couple minutes? It, it would hit social media. Oh yeah, for sure. If he if he said the wrong thing, let's say during a press conference, like his whole uh, I can't remember what it was. Was it something with the Olympics? Oh yeah, yeah he didn't want to play in the Olympics. It wasn't something that didn't matter to him, or the sport didn't matter. To right. Him. Yeah. So the guy, I mean, the poor guy, right? He's just being honest. I mean, it's like, okay, the Olympics don't mean much to Rory. I mean, Olympic golf, which. I, I could understand. I mean, there's never been Olympic golf, so why, why would it? Why all of a sudden should it be important to Rory? And and he has the right to say or feel or think that it's not important. It's like okay. I mean, that's how how is that such a bad thing? But but he just gets annihilated for it. And so I think what happens? These guys get they get so. Uh, you know, they get so gun shy. It's like a cat around water. I mean, they, they, they and, and then they just, then they just kind of clam up. Right. And give, and give sort of that generic answer. Right. I yeah. mean, they're, they're, and, and even though I think some of them probably don't like it, but you know, you're getting probably advice from the agent who's, and the, the quote unquote team. Right. And again, it doesn't, I mean, what do they benefit, right? What do they benefit by having a, you know, having something they say accidentally get go viral in a negative way? They they, they get crushed, right? And mm-hmm. they can, what can, you know, the only thing they can gain from it, right, is well, there's nothing they can gain from it. They can possibly lose a sponsorship or something like that. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what that happy medium is. I mean, I think you get, you know, I think so, I think the cool thing about social media is, um, you know, a guy like you, for example, right? I mean, you can have a you can have a show like this, right? And you can do podcasts, and you can get guys, right? I mean, you can, and I think guys, um, and all I can speak about is the golf community, but like a Colt Nost, he's maybe going to be more inclined to go on your show. Mm-hmm. and probably speak, you know, maybe a little more openly. Yeah, and Colt was uh, great. Is, he was on the last episode, uh, listeners, and you can certainly yeah. check out that episode. But uh, now, do you, have you met Colt before? Do you know him personally? I, uh, no, I, I, I don't. I just know him through. Uh, I just know him through social media, and he's, you know, he's friends with uh, with Elk. He's part of that secret golf, and mm-hmm. and yeah. So I, I never have. We, uh, I know, you know, I know a couple of guys that that know him and hang out, hang out with him just in the golf scene. But, uh, I, I don't never, never, never met him. So. Gotcha. Well, and I mean, it, you're right though. I mean, it's, it's an avenue for guys like me and, and even yourself who can reach out and connect yeah. with, with players and uh, who we will probably never meet, uh, may never meet, you know, I, I don't know, but we have the opportunity to have a conversation, and I think your point is well taken earlier when you said that, you know, these guys have a lot to lose. You know, if they say one wrong thing, that could equate to the loss of millions of dollars in sponsorship money. 
Uh, and so yep. that's got to be just incredibly nerve wracking to be in front of a microphone. Like you and I were talking on a, uh, something that's going to go on the internet, but neither you nor I are at any risk of losing our jobs over this. Those guys, different story. So it's, it's definitely a difficult thing to, uh, to balance out being a public figure such as them. Yeah. I remember, um, you know, I remember Jason Duffner one time, um, he, he uh, I think I maybe tw- I tweeted out something. It, it was basically about knowing something about uh, a golfer quote, or, you know, quote unquote celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I kind of said, well, you know, when you're, when you're at that level, that's sort of, that's sort of part of um, part of the gig, right? When you're, when you're in the limelight was, right. was, was sort of my, my point. And he, and he came back and said, you know, like, why? Like that doesn't, you know, there's nothing like I, there's nothing I've ever signed up for or said that I have to uh, uh, reveal my whole life because I'm on the PGA tour. And it sort of, you know, that sort of was, uh, was sort of a, uh, an aha moment for me for, mm-hmm. for, you know, because it's like, you know what? They, they don't. Um, yeah, I agree with that to a point, but I also think that there's just this understanding, right or wrong, that if you are a public figure and if you're a major winner, such as Jason Duffner is, for example, I mean, you're going to mm-hmm. be in the public, you're going to be, a, you're a public persona and you're going to be in the public spotlight. And so sometimes while everyone is entitled to their privacy and their own personal lives, at some point you're going to have things found out about you just for the nature of you being successful. I mean, doesn't that come along with sure. being successful? Yeah, no, yeah, no, exactly. No, that's, that's exactly right. I think it was more sort of, um, I, I think his point was more like, you know, I don't, I mean, getting asked to, you know, a bunch of interviews and, and, mm-hmm. you know, for for your time and things like that, probably type being being media related. It was I think he was more like I don't ha- I don't necessarily have to you know like oh like I he doesn't owe you anything of that you know yeah, it, yeah. it's sort of, it's sort of like I mean is it a requirement now just because I you know won the PGA that I need to oh you know tell you about my whole life um, you know well, and, yeah and, and I and I totally respect that I mean I think I think that some you know I think some people. Um, are are maybe better at better at it than others. You know, I mean, Rory, like Rory McIlroy. I mean, he's pretty open and he's and he's pretty honest, um, which I think is really cool. Um, I, I think that's really cool for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that people obviously look up to. He's one of the best, you know, names in the sport right now, and that's the obvious thing to say. And you know, even he has gotten flack for being open and honest. And I mean, look, uh, regardless of your political viewpoint, I mean, the guy just got, you know, just shit thrown at him for playing golf with the president. And, you know, there's probably different opinions on whether or not he should have did that. But at the end of the day, to Rory's point in the statement that he released shortly thereafter, it was just a round of golf. And none of this would have happened had it not been, there been a picture uh, and a report uh, written about it. They could have very easily just gone on and nobody would have known about it. And here it turned into a thing because of social media. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess the, and I guess the good thing, um, I guess the positive thing on social media with something like that is it quickly dissipates. 
because there there'll be another thing that like hits mm-hmm. on social media instantly, and then you sort of you know what I mean. It's sort of like it's the flavor of the it's almost the flavor of like the day on social media now. Right. You know what I mean? Where like let's say prior to social media, that would probably drag out for a while because there's there it would take a while for the next thing to sort of come up. To, to focus on, right. like, a ne- you know, the next event that would happen. Social media, it's like, you know, I mean, you got Rory and then and then Pat Perez that gets, and, like, all of a sudden the Rory thing is forgotten about, and everything is like, you know, everyone's blogging about Pat Perez now and and what he said and analyzing it and what's this mean and, you know. Yeah, and everyone forgot about yada, Rory. Yada. <laughs> and everyone, for, yeah, I mean, everyone forgot about Rory and, you know, who knows, I mean, something else is going to. Is going to pop, and this is just in the little golf world, right? That right. we live in, right? I don't, exactly. I don't even dive into, you know, I don't even dive into any other stuff. So <laughs> there's no time besides, you know, <laughs> besides golf. I mean, I'm just right. a golf geek, so that's really all I, uh, that's really all I follow or have interest in. Pretty much same here, man. Uh, you, you know that is true about me too. So hey, Paul, you know something else I wanted to ask you about. I noticed that um, every so often you uh, post to this Q and A with the ghost blog that you have a link to yeah, on your, uh, yeah. your Twitter account. Uh, is this just a, is this an opportunity for you to kind of talk to some of the, you know, more well-known social media people? For example, your most recent one, you spoke to the, uh, at Go- club pro guy. Is this just an opportunity for you to, yeah, to talk to these folks and learn a little bit about them? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's sort of back to my whole curiosity about people. Um, and I thought, um, and I kind of wanted to do some type of blog, but I didn't want to do the cut and paste standard golf blog where right. I didn't want to talk about the flavor of the week. I didn't want to recap tournaments. I didn't, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of guys and people that do that and, uh, you know, and they do it, they do it very, very well. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't want to be the jump into that space. And I sort of thought, you know, I, I love reading like Q and A's, like when Golf Digest uh, used to come, or Golf Magazine. That you know, when they come here, that's like, I mean, that would be the one thing I would read because oh, I just, yeah. I just loved it. And I, and I used to, this is, this is total geekness, but in um, high school, I used to go to the library and uh, go through all the Golf Digests and read all the nice. um, Q and A's and the play, player profiles, um, and and uh, learn all the stuff about these guys. Anyways. So I thought, you know, why not? Why don't I just do a Q and A? And and it was more out of just like again personal like, I uh, just curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I thought I'll I'll post them. You know, I'll post them for because if people also have that same curiosity, um, and it's just I'm I'm trying to just do it with people you know really in the golf industry that I'm able to reach out to and and ask them basically, um, like Frank Noblo, we follow each other on Twitter. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm able to message him, right, and ask him that question, and he was more than happy, which was was fantastic. Jerry Poltz, I mean, he and I have become friends, um, really through through Twitter, but um, and uh, you know, it's the various people um, through through Twitter, um, I'm able to, to just reach out and ask them, and then that sort of has. Um, that's uh, mushroomed a little bit into being able to ask a few other people that I, I don't know through Twitter. Um, one of them, you know, being, uh, I'm going to post one with John Ashworth, the oh. uh, apparel czar. Nice. So, yeah, that's going to be, I think that's going to be neat. And again, um, you know, I hope I hope something like that, you know, 
gets gets some good exposure just because I don't you know I mean I know and you know John Ashworth because we're golf geeks right right um, uh, but but he's sort of more of a behind the scenes type of guy in the golf industry meaning you know he's not out on TV every single day or every week um, but I think guys like that. I think it's cool to hear their story or, or learn about, I don't even know about his story to learn about it. Um, and club pro guy, we follow each other on Twitter. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have him follow me uh, after I begged him because I love <laughs> the guy so much. I, I, I call him my mentor in the, in the golf business. And uh, so, yeah, he did, a, he did a fabulous job um, with, uh, with his answers. And we're going to, uh, we're going to, we're going to do part two. Um, Hopefully somewhere around the U.S. Open, if I can, uh, if I can get him uh, away from his busy schedule. Yeah, he seems like uh, a pretty busy at, dude. <laughs> at the golf at the golf course, so um, so yeah, I, I, I'm gonna hopefully gonna continue to do those, and um, I, I, you know, I don't know if they're as, as effective as something like a podcast. Um, I, I I've never ventured into a podcast, but uh, right now it's 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 easier for me to to uh, do it. Um, through a, through a blog and my blog's just terrible. I, I need to <laughs> I need to figure out how to how to get that thing looking a little bit but but a little bit better I guess. But hey, um, you know, you, at least you got the content in there. And I'll tell you what, Paul, if you ever uh, do decide to go down the path of a podcast, you'll be living in the lap of luxury, much like myself. No, I'm kidding. I it's 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 a lot yeah. more uh, it's a lot yeah. more fun. It's a labor of love than anything. And uh, you know, to your point, I you know you and I connected through Twitter. Um, I don't even know yep. how we connected through Twitter, but I'm glad that we did. And so we could actually make st- conversations like this happen. So again, it just kind of speaks a little bit to the, to the power of social media and just the, the close knit community that, uh, golf is really even in, uh, the social atmosphere. So, you know, Paul, um, speaking of that, I don't, and I don't want to keep you on for uh, too much of your day and thank you again for coming on, but did you have some time to do uh, a few of these Twitter questions? We got quite a few and I'm not. Not 100% sure which ones were serious or not, but uh, do you have some time to answer a few? Yeah. Oh, sure. I yeah, I don't know how many of those were serious either, but yeah, fire away. Okay. So here's one. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I did this with uh, Colt Nost as well uh, last episode. Yep. And people asked a few questions yep. that were obviously inside jokes, and I had no idea what they were referencing. But he certainly did, and so I'm assuming some of these are along that same line. One question here from at D Katib, good old Dave, who's a follower of ours. Uh, tell your best helmet story. Jeez, best helmet story, uh, huh? I mean, that's a is that not a, a is that an inside joke or no? <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, no inside joke. That's just more of a. Uh, I mean, I you know, I, I call. I'll reference people as, as, as helmets. That's just the, that's just that, you know, that's just a golf, that's a golf term. It's a, it's, it's, it's too long to explain maybe right now, but um, I mean, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of helmet stories. I mean, that's a, that's a tough one. You know, the helmets, the pull cart guy with the, you know, the scrub brush and uh, (laughs) you know, he's got the, the the white beater shirt on and right. Right. uh, You know, that's the, that's the helmet type guy that that's, that's just swinging for the fences and the practice swings. <laughs> that's the the character of I, I could see a, a helmet type guy that uh, you know that might have a little uh, 
They might have a sitcom background that I, I'm seeing here. If I can draw this out, that's that's actually I used to work. Yeah, there a, you go. I used to work out a course myself growing up, and so I know exactly the type of guy that you're referencing. Um, all right, yeah, so exactly. uh, there's a few other in here. Uh, let's see which ones. Um, let's see here. Uh, one from Paul McLeod. Uh, when are you planning to grow out your hair? <laughs> if I could, if I could grow it out, Paul, I would. But you, uh, you dirty dog. I, uh, <laughs> I started, I started shaving it. Uh, well, I've got my wife and I have four daughters, so they're they're ages eight to seventeen. So if if you can keep your hair with four daughters, then you should uh, you should be able to, uh, you know, you should be a lottery winner. Wow. God bless you. Uh, yeah. Kind of along the same lines, a, a question came in from uh, the tuna. Uh, if you could have your hair, well, the tuna. If you could have your hair back or eliminate laying sod over your wedge shots, which would you choose? I, I would eliminate laying sod <laughs> over my wedge shots. I, the hair deal, I'm fine with. I don't mind. I, I, in fact, it's easy to be bald. It's, it saves me money. Nice. But uh, the, yeah. The laying the sod over the wedges, if I could, if I could eliminate that, the uh, you know I'd probably be a, uh, you know I might cash a check in one of these proams if I could do that. <laughs> nice. Uh, a couple more here. Uh, one from at dead horsem horsem, uh, Bluto twenty seventeen. Uh, have you crapped your pants in twenty seventeen yet? <laughs> I, no, uh, Bluto, <laughs> I, I have I haven't. Uh, I haven't, and I know I've known Bluto for years. That uh, that guy, I, I tell you, I, I, he's throwing a he's throwing a dart like that. I could I could whip up a Bluto story <laughs> anytime. If we do this again, I'll I'll throw a Bluto story at the at the listeners. So. Nice, yeah. We'll, we'll do no, it again. The, the answer is no. The answer is no. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Uh, and then we got one more here um, in reference to your current career. Uh, I'm imagine working uh, working pro shops uh, from JJ Colleen. Uh, does uh-huh. the, does the Sabona copper bracelet help with cramps from folding shirts? <laughs> uh, JJ, so I do know I did make, meet JJ. I caddied in the Umquat Challenge one year for Jamie Sedlowski, oh, the wow. long drive guy. Yeah, and uh, it was you know it's a pro am or not a pro am. It was a, a two day tournament best ball that Peter Jacobson used to put on here and. Uh, and JJ was in the group. Uh, I can't remember who he was playing with, but um, uh, JJ was in the group to, that day, and it was fun watching him play. I watched him actually. Uh, I think we played with him two days in a row on the same par five, uh, going for it. And then two, he hit it. Uh, he hit it in the pond with the second shot two days in a row. And I think both those balls are probably sitting right on top of each other. <laughs> if I would, if I would get my scuba gear on and uh and get them but yeah it does it does help jj uh with the pain of folding shirts and uh, i know he's opening up a new golf center down there somewhere in texas i think that's where he's from i know he's a tcu whatever they're, they're called the bullfrogs right. or some kind of frog yeah they're, they're um, some type of so he, amphibian <laughs> yeah so he's opening up some golf some big huge golf facility he, he tweets out some pretty cool pictures of it so uh, I guess he'll be able to to check out that what the bracelet does because it sounds like he might be folding some shirts and picking the range just like me. So <laughs> very nice. Anyways, well, yeah. la- ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Mr. Paul Regali at Ghost of Hogan on Twitter. Paul, can't thank you enough for uh, agreeing to come on the show, and hopefully we'll do it again in the future. You got it, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs>